a Podcast One production. The truth about starting a business, crafting a career, having a family and managing to fit it all in. Superwomen We Ain't. From the founder of Boost Juice, Janine Ellis, and leading executive and career coach, Margie Hartley. Welcome to Superwomen We Ain't, Season 2. I'm Margie Hartley. And I'm Janine Ellis. And today on Episode 10, no point making money if you're dead. Today, we'll talk about our health. What do we get wrong and how to get it right? I love this episode because I got it so wrong. And I know that we, you know, we, we talk about the fact <laughs> I that we still get it wrong, Janine. Oh, mate, <laughs> every I know. day. And look, you know, we talk about superwomen we ain't. I think this episode will show you how ain't superwomen we are. Um, look, you know what's stressful starting a business? You know, you're dealing with financial stress, emotional stress, and physical stress. Our goals of starting a business is to enjoy the fruits of our labour. You know, we have this vision of going, oh, if the business is successful and maybe I sell it, then I've got financial freedom. And But then what happens is to get there, you've been yourself to a pulp and you may be too sick to enjoy it. So let's really look inside this subject matter and find out what we've learned, what we've got wrong and some of the techniques people can use to get it right. Okay, so intriguing. Why does this happen? The less obvious stuff. Why do we start a business and then the number one thing that we let down, or it's probably two highlights here in my mind, our personal recreation, so we tend to not see anybody and just focus on work, and then we forget to look after our health. So we work outrageous hours and potentially more than that, you know, live off coffee and um, on aeroplanes. Yeah, for me it was the time I started Boost. So I started Boost when I was about 32 and I had, you know, three little kids at home and so when you're that age and you've got little kids, as we both know because we're both mothers, is that suddenly it's not about you. It's about the children. It's about, you know, you want to have maintain a relationship. And the other thing it was, suddenly then I had another thing pulling at me called Boost. So when I actually looked at the list of priorities, you know, it's always the kids, right? You know, Jeff sort of, you know, maybe was there somewhere. Um, it was the business was nearly another child of the need and the demands it wanted upon me. And then you throw in the fact that I was, my sympathetic nervous system was in overdrive because I was running on fear. Yeah, because I didn't know what I was doing. So your cortisol was off the chart off permanently, the adrenaline chart. pumping all totally. the time. Totally. I was in fight and flight mode all the time because I was so scared I was going to lose everything, that I didn't know what I was doing, that suddenly I had staff relying upon me and I was creating this business that I really was trying to work it out as I was going. It's an overwhelming sense of responsibility having your own small business. I often talk about this white noise of anxiety that's like a cloak that sits with you. You can, you know, feel it around you all the time that comes from that responsibility of owning a business. So why do we let ourselves down and not look after our health. It's interesting, isn't it? Because there's this key thing that every investor will look at if they're coming to buy your business. So that, so if someone was coming to buy your business, Margie, they'd go, right, what's the most important asset in this business? Oh, God, it's Margie. Okay, well, the first thing we'll do is we'll put key man insurance over Margie because if something happens to you, then you know that's going to cost the business a lot of money, right? So externally, people recognise that if you, something happens to you or me, the business will suffer. But internally, we go, we don't take that same view. So if we actually looked 
through their eyes and said, gee, if something happens to us, the business will suffer, the family will suffer, and everyone will suffer around me. But we still tend to then put our health and our own needs right at the bottom of the barrel. Because of the priorities, because of the responsibilities, because of the growth that we're after. And we don't look at it that way. Everyone else can look at it that way, but we don't look at it that way. So what I'm hoping from this episode is that people actually go, actually, when was the last time I looked after me? And I'm not one to say, you know, women and men are different, you know, because I think that in life, you know, there's so many similarities. It's not funny, particularly in business. But I do think women are a nurturers, right? And let's not kid ourselves, right? We are still animals and we have instincts, right? No matter how much we think we're not, we are. And so obviously the first priority is always the nucleus that is family. So I think that what we have to remember is that for that nucleus to be solid is we need to look after ourselves. And I did it really poorly. Like I, I think I mentioned another time where, you know, I sat down, I remember thinking, when was the last time I ate? And it was like four days. And and it wasn't because I was trying to lose weight. It was just that I was on this journey of just trying to work out these problems every single day. So what is it about us that makes us stop eating or exercising or um, over my issue is too many coffees? So I'm always giving up coffee because I go in and then I go hard and it becomes a habit really quickly. And I kind of like the cortisol. I kind of like, not the cortisol so much, the adrenaline spike I get. We look as humans, we look at ways of giving us triggers to relax, you know, cigarettes, right? I don't know why people think that that's the answer, but, you know, they will go it's out break. and have a cigarette and mm. they go, ah, I'm actually doing nothing until this cigarette burns to the end. I've got a glass of wine. I'm actually doing nothing until I end this glass of wine. I'm going to have mm. a coffee break. So in actual fact, all these things that are kind of nemesises are often our way of stopping and actually giving ourselves a break. Mm. And they're, they're nearly an excuse. Instead of just having an excuse, as if you can turn around and say, I'm just going outside to smell the roses, right? Mm. I'm going out, I'm going to go to coffee. I'm going to go and like, so, so people use it. So we need to find another mechanism to solve this issue of having a break without it. So for example, one of the things I do in the office is people are allowed to bring their dogs, right? Hey, dogs need a wee. <laughs> Go out, wee your dog. So, you know, and we'll talk about some solutions and some some techniques later, but sort of staying in the, the moment is that, and we'll talk about some solutions in a minute, but I remember through the boost journey is that I went so hard. I was traveling four months of the year, you know, jet lagged, you know, stresses, financial stresses, you know, store stresses. So I'm very visual. And as I've mentioned before, life is about this bucket that I have, you know, do you take out of the bucket and you put back in the bucket? And when you're sort of growing businesses, there's pretty much, it's all about deleting from the bucket instead of putting in. But you deal with, executives and business owners all the time. What are you finding with them and what are some of their challenges? I think the key thing, Janine, is that they're taking out of the bucket all the time, as you said. And um, my favourite saying came from Quinton Bryce, I think, who said, you can have it all, but not at the same time. So it's prioritisation. It's actually awareness and making sure that if you choose to put your health last, you can only do that for a short period of time because something will come and sneak up after you. So prioritisation. And I think we tend to do it because we don't take the time out. So things fall away and 
they're the things that we don't actually prioritise or are not a lesser obvious to us and health is one of them. So it's easy to let that go and it's easy to let the friends go and the parties and the connections while you focus on this super exciting thing in your career or your business. So watch the goal prioritisation and make sure that you don't put yourself last. So really the summary of that is protect your greatest asset in your business, which is actually you. Exactly right. Let's talk about what do we do that is wrong. I think I love this bit because I've got so much to share. Yeah, settle in, people. It's going to go for four hours. <laughs> oh, we've got it wrong so often and we're going to hopefully make everybody feel great by hearing how um, we've got no friends and no exercise. <laughs> I know, it's a bit sad, actually. I seriously have the smallest amount of friends. But they're quality, Janine. They are, really thank quality. God for the quality of my friends. I love my friends. Um, I think it's interesting, you know, you, you think about how much money people spend on their cars or maintaining their computers or maintaining other things. Like, you know, I think that people would spend, what, four or $5,000 on a car to maintain it. Yet we don't spend the time on our bodies and mm. we don't spend the time on us. We don't actually look at the fridge and see what's in it or the pantry, which is full of crap, and think, gee, can I make better choices? I remember, um, again, I, I had this foolish notion that the business would collapse if I wasn't there. So even the thought of taking a holiday was abhorrent for me. Like I just went, oh my God, that if I, that, that was, again, that fear thing that I couldn't cope to a point where I'm sure my husband wanted to leave me, that I used to take my laptop to the toilet, wouldn't even sit on the toilet, would shut the lid and sit there. So no one would disturb me on holidays so I could get through some work. And I'm sure my husband thought I had some serious issues, toilet so you didn't issues. tell him you were going in there? No, to... he used to crack the irrits. Look, can't you have a minute with your family? I mean, I was seriously so obsessed and so single focused on driving this business that it was things like that that I had to do. Well, I felt like I had to do. And you know what? The reality is no one died when I was away. Mm. You know, everything still kept ticking on. So People that, stepped up. That was the lesson and you learnt from being singularly obsessed by this goal. Yes. That you neglected family to a point. I neglected everything. I neglected family. I neglected me. But you know what? In some respects, I look back, you know, would I change anything? No, right? Because in actual fact, anything you need to achieve that is that extreme, you need to sacrifice, right? Now, do, does my family think they were sacrificed? I'm sure they'll sit in front of me with a long list of things that I could have done better. But at the end of the day, I use techniques to actually, you know, connect with them. Mm. But was I perfect? Far from it. You know, mm. I've talked about before about how women hang out with me to feel good about their parenting and, you know, because I did get it wrong. Mm. But, you know, there was, the, but my kids always felt loved. And mm. I think, or maybe I'm just justifying all the things that I did. But anyway, either way. <laughs> they seem quite normal and I haven't spent too much money on therapy. So like a normal person, you became obsessed by a growing business that is actually giving back to you, that needed you. Mm. And, you know, maybe we could spend another episode talking about the desire to be needed, but the the whole point of being in a business and keeping it going. My dad died last year and I had two weeks off. And in those two weeks, I stepped back into the business. I was like, oh my goodness, I haven't been near it. I need to press. I'm, it's about me. So, mm. you know, there is, a, there is a real pull down that path. And I think we need to really acknowledge that 
we get it wrong. Mm. Overwork and singular focus can be successful in one part of our life, but mean other things fall out. My brother says you can't drink from an empty glass. And that's a really good reminder for me most of the time to get plenty of sleep, look after myself and all the rest it's of a, it. It's a great saying actually. But when we're talking about things getting wrong, you know, is it is it wrong or is it just a reality of growing a business? You know, so I think in some respects we need to be kind to ourselves. Like, so I go during the, the growth of Boost where I literally had to work seven days a week, uh, you know, 16-hour days and was happy to. I'm not saying here I'm a victim. I loved it. I found this, I suddenly found this passion for what I wanted to do and I just wanted to do it all the time. But I found that, um, you know, I couldn't tell you. It was probably years before I caught up with friends for even a coffee. You know, I, my exercise regime was was pretty much a zill and the only extra time that I had, I did probably put in my family and my relationship. So, you know, but do I think that there was another choice at the time? Probably the answer in honesty, no. Mm. For, the, for the work and the job to be done, I had, and yeah, that's okay. You know, there is times in your life that you've got to really throw yourself at it. Boost is a big example. And I think all of us, as we've seen your journey, would say, yeah, I think we'd do that too if we knew that the end result would be as amazing as it has been. <laughs> the reality is, though, you probably wouldn't work that hard if you thought that that was the end yeah, result. True. true. By, by thinking that it may not have been the result is the reason I work so hard. Yep. Interesting. All right, Margie, I've proved that superwomen I ain't. How about you? <laughs> well, if you've got four hours again. So I have got a deep need to work hard and do a lot. I love doing, like I love getting my hands in there. I love going hard. And then I'm very bad at taking holidays. So for the first 10 years of my career, I actually took ages to realise you had to book holidays in. They seemed to come up and sneak up against me and I'd say, oh goodness, it's a public holiday, what do I do? So even in my 20s, you know, I had a lot of fluidity, but I was really bad at taking a holiday. I didn't I didn't understand it. But then you'd think after a woman who's had cancer and three babies in three years, she's going to learn her lessons about being really well. Yeah, well, I did. I didn't drink for 10 you, years. But you actually looked mortality in the face. So yeah, well, I, would, I, so I, I would, literally died. I had a arrested on the floor uh, of the hospital. You saw the pearly gates and the white light, right? I did, all of those things, which again is another episode. But around that, I was incredibly ill for four years and didn't know whether I would live or not. Can I just ask you something? I'm sorry to interrupt, but I find this really interesting. Mm. So you've got to a mortality check, like Mm. probably more so than anyone else that I've ever come across. Did that, when you came out of that, did you then go, I'm doing it differently and how long did it last or not? So I used to eat organic food and I used to, I was an early adopter. I would visit the kinesiologist. I had, I really believed that I was an incredibly healthy person, less exercise because I had the three girls under two and a half. But I was, I thought I was really healthy and, and, and I was to a point. There was other reasons that I got my cancer, but it, it, Actually, at the end of it, when you come out the other side, you do have a um, value that you put around your health and well-being, and I still maintain that today. However, I still get it wrong. I still find myself, and like I did last Sunday, and say, oh, "I'm drinking three cups of coffee really quickly in the morning to get me started before ten o'clock." This is not good for my body, so I stopped. So I've got some 
checks and balances I put in place. I didn't have a personality bypass. Let's be clear. Just because I was ill didn't mean I was a changed person. It did make me more aware. I did change my career based on it because um, that was important. But I do find myself working incredibly hard and I put stops and balances in around that, which we'll talk about in a moment, the how. Um, But no, um, it it did give me a wake-up call of sorts, but I found myself not trusting my body. So it was a bit more complex. How long did it last? So you... Not trusting my body? No, both. Sort of the the fact of that reality of, okay, that's right, there's that End, end game here and thinking that you need to go, right, well, I need to really, you know, I've been ill, I need to give my body a supercharged, healthy kick. Did it last 10 years before you start to you know, go back to the coffees and maybe not eat as well as you should? And Or, or was it, or is it, is it underlining thing that you've had forever? It's pretty much forever now. So most people will know that, um, uh, most of my friends will know that it's been an interesting journey for me over the last 20 years since the cancer. Uh, But I have been really, um, I've eaten really well. I think I go through periods where um, my saying is I don't drink alcohol during the working year. I only do it on holidays. Um, But even now I rarely drink on holidays because it just doesn't work for my body. People say, oh, why don't you drink? It's terrible. It's annoying. I go, it doesn't work for my body. for who? Yeah, for them. Oh, so Annoying for who? For them, exactly. But what, you, you, are you funnier and nicer if you're pissed? No, I think I'm worse, actually. But anyway, um, so um, it, testing it out, I do want to go and have a good time. I do want to enjoy things, but actually I'm not obsessive, but I'm really clear about what's important to the point a few years ago uh, where I decided that I really needed to get fit and that the hours I work and the sort of busy life that I had meant that I needed help. And so I engaged a personal trainer. Now, I cannot tell you how many times my accountant and financial planner has questioned the amount of money that I spend with this guy called Clint every, you know, four times a week at 5.30 in the morning. Is Clint hot? Uh, he's a really lovely man, but he's married. And so Clint is... Um, Still can digest. Yeah, no, you can ask. Clint's a great guy. But why am I spending all this money going to see him? Because, well, I say, I justify it and say I don't drink expensive bottles of wine and my lifestyle's really limited and it's incredibly important for me that I stay as healthy as I can. Yeah, hindsight's a wonderful thing, isn't it? Yeah, if I knew what I know now back then. So going back pre-cancer and, and pre that you know, horrific time in your life, would you do anything different? Yep. I thought I was invincible physically. I had three babies in two and a half years and two miscarriages in that time. I And the cancer, in fact, was related to having too many pregnancies too quickly. So I actually would not think that I was invincible. I would actually then take some more time to think about what it meant to be physically well and healthy. Remembering I was 34 or 35, you were running Boost Juice at the time, that just checking in with people and is what I often do now around that time and saying, you know, are all the indicators going your way in terms of being well and healthy because you can't drink from an empty glass. Mm, that's true. Look, I think in summary is, you know, don't beat yourself up. You know, we're all human. You know, we we have times in our life when it's, you know, stressful. It's times in our lives when we've, we've we're on holidays and we've got time. I think just be kind to yourself, but acknowledge that at some point, if you go too hard and you demand too much of yourself and your body, 
there is a price to pay at some point in the future. Yeah, exactly. You're listening to Super Women We Ain't with Margie Hartley and Janine Alice. If you like listening to the show, please do get in touch on Podcast One, Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen and let us know. We'd love to hear from you. And don't forget to hit the subscribe button and continue to listen for free. Now we're going to talk about how to get it right. And we know because we've got so much wrong that we've got lots of lessons and there's no silver bullet, is there, Janine? You know, like I'm still learning and I'm still drinking too much coffee and having to give it up. What are the things, what are the tips that we can offer up from all of those things that we've learned through our mistakes? As we know, you've actually got to get it wrong first to work out what right looks like. Yeah, Hopefully not as dramatically as I did, but... No, no. Can we sort of not go your path? So let's not <laughs> learn your lessons. Let's kind of, you know... But I think, I think people should take away from that is that there is consequences for, you know, obviously, you know, if your, your cancer, you know, wasn't all about a bad lifestyle because I don't think you're a particularly mm-hmm. unhealthy person. I think it was just a really bad deck of cards. But for a lot of people, their lifestyle has caused health issues. You know, stress. Stress is the number one creator of disease. You know, it's disease. So I did a, a recently. I had a just a, a general medical, and I was talking to my doctor about some of the substances people take, and you know, which is bad and what should you do, and and really about this subject about looking after yourself. And he said when he was in medical school. They actually did a study on the damage that heroin did long-term and the damage of alcohol did long-term. And he said, interesting enough, if you you had to do one badly, actually the pure heroin, not that you get that on the street, but the pure heroin actually had less damage than alcohol. And what he said was, what he's finding now is he has healthy 40-plus, 50-plus men coming in who actually have maybe half a bottle of wine a night, which is not that uncommon out there, and they're finding they're suddenly getting liver disease. They're coming in yellow. And he said that this is all self-inflicted, all of these diseases that people have. And so how to get it right is I think first and foremost is don't beat yourself up about all the things we've got wrong because what you've done yesterday has no relevance of what you do tomorrow. You know, my husband is a massive health retreater. Okay. He goes to health routines. He has since he's been twenty one. And you know, he was he was in radio, high pressure job. So apparently, you need health retreats to so, to cope with <laughs> to cope with a radio career. But what we learned was is that really it gets down to your choices well before you open your mouth and start to chew. It actually gets down to what's in your fridge and what's in your pantry. And quite often what people do when they come back from health retreats is they actually get a big garbage bag and they look in their pantry and go, right, let's throw it all away. And so I think it's really important to plan, a bit like what we've said through this whole series, is planning is really important. Mm. You know, plan to succeed. You know, Mm. when you make choices at the supermarket, choose things that actually are real food. You know, the... The classic example is Dr. John DeKell, who actually talks about all these diets that are out there and the only one that really works is a low HI diet, which is a low human intervention. Yeah, we pick up packets of food and we read on the back of it and there's more long words you can't pronounce and and numbers that mean nothing than actually any mention of any food. So my theory what I do, and I don't always get it right, is I try and keep as close to the tree as possible, right? How 
many hands can I keep off my food? And if that theory, if you do that and you live that life, then you're going to be okay. You'll so never I'm okay because to... I had a carrot juice from Boost the other day outside NAB in Sydney. Yes. So low thank you guys. Low human intervention. Yeah, low human intervention. So this idea of support interests me, Janine. Thanks for the plug, by the way. The, the, <laughs> idea, of, the idea of support interests me because you've talked about health retreats and going to the doctor and I've talked about going to see my personal trainer. And I think sometimes when you're beginning a business or your early parts of your career, you think you're invincible like I did and you don't reach out to the necessary um, people that might support you. I personally am a big advocate for getting as much support as you possibly can right from the beginning to maintain your goals, which is, you've said, the greatest asset is you. So how do you do that? Um, what other ideas have you got about support? I think, look, you know, we, we talked about food, but the number one killer of people and the number one creator of disease is stress. So trying to manage that stress. Now, stress is managed through exercise, you know. So, I mean, I'm a, as people know, I, I love my yoga. Yeah, exercise. Um, well, not necessarily exercise, but I've really found that yoga has helped manage that stress levels. But the other thing is set yourself up to succeed. Now, the reality is when I started Boost Juice Bars, I had, as I said before, three young kids, a needy husband. So I needed to make sure that my office wasn't too far away from the school or to my house. So I went, okay, I've got that sorted. Now, I'm one of these very, very, very lucky people that has my mum to support me. So I had that support. But if you haven't got, you haven't got St. Joan, you know, you may have, you know, friends you can rely on or a really good daycare or a nanny, whatever that is. If Or if you haven't got children, you know, other ways of supporting yourself. So first and foremost, it's a bit, again, like I'm talking about, is plan to succeed. So sit down and you go, how do I make my life as simple as possible? How do I take the complexities out of my life? You don't have to pay for all your support, then you're saying. You can actually engage other people to help you reach those goals or even to signal if you're acting or behaving in a way. I think that's important when you've got people close to you to support you to say, hey, small intervention, you're drinking too much, small intervention, you don't seem well, don't you need a holiday? Yeah, exactly. And I think the other thing is that, you know, we talk about education and learning more about business and learning more about accounts and all these websites you can go to. I think education in yourself is also important. So take the time to learn about what you can or cannot eat. Take the time, you know, to go to a health retreat because those health retreats, they don't just eat you, you know, give you organic food and make you walk up mountains. They actually have sessions about, you know, how you deal with stress, how you deal with blood pressure, how you deal with heart disease. And every time you leave from these health retreats, you do leave with just that little bit more knowledge. Now, the reality is you go back from a health retreat and go, oh, my God, I feel amazing. Your whites of your eyes are whiter than they've never been before. And then five days later, you're pretty much into your habits. But what you find is that each time you go to these health retreats or you get more education on health and nutrition, you, each time you get that little bit better. Okay, so we're, it's about commitment really, isn't it? This planning, this commitment to actually look after your body and putting that in. If people can't afford to go to a health retreat, what what would you recommend? Well, there's courses. There's, you know, find someone who you respect and follow them. 
Mm. You know, there is so, we're in an era of there is no excuse not to know things. Mm. You know? Now, obviously, out there is so many conflicting information. That's why I say go to someone who you really respect, has who has also the authority to speak on matters. You know, CSIRO do a lot of research on, in this space, you know, and they've got a lot of research papers and a lot of scientists that try and find out. You know, quite often the what hits the news and the media are people that aren't educated and they don't know what they're talking about. They just have a large voice and they have these big, scary headlines. So really find people that you respect and like and they have seminars, they have apps, they have websites, they have all this information that you can actually get, get, but take the time. Okay, so I want to add one last thing. My big tip on this about getting it right about this idea about looking after yourself because you can't run a business or have a career if you're dead, the idea of making it habitual. So if a goal is actually, if you've got a goal to look after yourself, you have to integrate it as a habit in your life like you do with regular health retreats, like I do going to see the, going to the gym. Mm. Um, but actually integrating these as habits and it's like not doing a short burst but actually making it part of your life. And, you know, remembering you can't drink from an empty cup. No, that's right. And look, to summarise, I've seen so many super successful people who have achieved their goal of their financial freedom to be left with disease, overweight, drinking habit, they can afford the best red wine that they're drinking themselves to a grave. So at the end of the day, your number one asset is you. Thanks for listening to season two of Super Women We Ain't. We hope you've enjoyed listening as much as we've loved chatting. As always, I've learned absolutely heaps working with you and always enjoy it. As we know, there's a season one sitting there, so I'd love you to go back and have a listen. Talk to you soon. Superwomen We Ain't is a Podcast One production recorded in the studios of Podcast One Melbourne. Executive producer is Grant Tothill. Producer is Dave Zwolenski. Audio production by Darcy Thompson. Listener.